Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House, the chillest, most state house podcast in the podcast marketplace. I am Andrew Ball, the State House reporter at the Topeka Capital Journal. And at the moment, I am the lone State House reporter. So I brought in our good friend and colleague, John Hanna of the Associated Press, to. Hey, Andrew. Hey, John. And he's going to uh, be my sidekick on this fine episode. John, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine, Andrew. I'm doing fine. It's a nice sunny day. Had a nice uh, uh, non-rainy weekend here in Topeka. And uh, so I'm doing fine this morning. Yeah, that's true. The weather has improved significantly, which is all to say that it will be very hot and stormy by the end of the week. It was a very, it was fun while it lasted. Yes. Um, well, you know, last week, John, I was out enjoying the nice weather. I was on a run. It was 6.30 at night. No news could possibly break, right? I think this was last Tuesday. Yes. Oh, was I wrong? Yes. Uh, that was when uh, a couple of groups, actually three or four it looks like, uh, filed the lawsuit in Shawnee County District Court, which is where groups and individuals file lawsuits uh, when they challenge, generally, not always, but generally when they're challenging something state government has done. And in this case, the, the arm of state government is uh, the legislature, although they're not suing the legislature, and its passage of some uh, election uh, bills this year, and they overrode the governor's veto on two of them, two bills uh, that contain their changes in election laws, and so they're becoming law, and these laws are being challenged. So, taking a step back, you know, a good place to start is probably what do these bills do? And you know, this they kind of came about as the conversations in conservative states across the country have as a result of the 2020 election. Even though Kansas, there were no problems. The Secretary of State, Scott Schwab, has very publicly... Yeah, Scott, Scott Schwab said there are no, no problems. The, uh, the counting was wrapped up, I think, by 11 o'clock in both the primary and the general election. Yeah, the, most of it, which, which is a, a fairly smooth, actually very smooth um, way for that to go. And um, yes, uh, this is an indication of how these issues have bubbled up, even in states that President Trump won by a significant margin, of course, that it's also bubbled up in states where Joe Biden won True. fairly closely, most notably Arizona and Georgia. But it's also come up in Iowa and Florida and some other places. 
and it, the and the whole the whole logic from the Republican end in Kansas, anyways, we don't want to become Georgia. You know, there's <laughs> stemming for that is was there fraud in Georgia? The answer is there is no evidence that there was. But the logic is we don't want to be Georgia. We don't want to be Pennsylvania, which had its own kind of turmoil. We don't want to be Arizona. You know, so we need to to go further, even though Kansas has not had any issues with their elections. And really, you know, the laws here are, you know, like we've had advanced voting for some time. You know, we didn't have any massive sea change before the election that disrupted things. But still, Republicans are saying, well, we, they, we want to we, we don't want to be like these other states. The and, thing the thing, Andrew, you have to understand is that um, obviously kind of what's out there in the zeitgeist is is President Trump's claims. He's still saying things like he thinks he's going to be president back in, in August. So. Well, <laughs> that indication is out there and and that's for other people to discuss. But, you know, obviously he's still arguing that uh, that he won and he won by a significant amount. Both n- neither of those things are are true. Um but people a significant number of people appear to either believe them or don't accept the fact that Joe Biden won. And that's out there in the, in, in the zeitgeist. But you also have to remember that Republicans have been talking about what they, the term they would use, election integrity, for at least probably close to two decades. Um, some of this started with the George W. Bush Justice Department back in the early aughts. There was a person working there named uh, Hans von Spakovsky. Uh, and he's just, he's, he's kept on testifying. And, well, yes. And, being and, a and so, integrity guru, and so they, yes. And, and so they've been talking about these, these questions for, for nearly two decades. And of course, um, Back in 2011, 2012, uh, Chris Kobach had gotten elected, conservative Republican Chris Kobach uh, got elected Secretary of State and really pushed, for example, a law that now requires all voters to show photo ID at the polls in Kansas. There also was a law that said if you're a new voter registering, you have to provide proof of your citizenship documents to election officials, that law actually was struck down in district court and then Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. Those are both federal courts. Um, And the Supreme Court last year didn't take the case. So those rulings stand. And and so this has been out there for a while. Uh, The interesting thing here is is that Republicans were looking at – in terms of just administrative issues, just some technical stuff about how people do, how how people send out, how election officials send out um, advance voters, absentee voters. We call the the state calls them advance because we have no excuse absentee voting, but it all these issues of you know. Groups sending out applications, 
election officials sending out ballots and getting them returned, people helping people get their ballots back to the election office, yeah. all, all of those kinds of issues. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, nuts and bolts, nitty gritty, into the weeds look at how these, how how the, all of that happens. Yeah, this is not Georgia where they took a real sweeping right, look broad, at the election code yeah. and, and really tighten things up. So, And this brings us to the bills. I mean, I think, John, you mentioned the advanced ballot component. Probably the biggest piece of the two bills that were passed is one of the bills limits how many advanced ballots John or I could return during an election cycle. It, it prevents candidates from returning advanced ballots. If you're, on, if you're on the ballot as a candidate, you can't do it except for, I think, immediate family members. And, you know, so if John, and if John returned more than 10 advanced ballots in an election cycle, that would be a misdemeanor. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the idea, Republicans say, is to crack down on, quote unquote, ballot harvest. First of all, um, that that term ballot harvesting gets thrown around a lot. And, and we need to be careful about and and it was a part of the debate. Um, uh, the, the ballot harvesting in the strictest sense is finding unused ballots or incompletely filled out ballots, collecting them, and then <laughs> filling them out that's and true. turning yeah, them that's in. Yeah, that's a good Which is very definitely an illegal act. And and does not happen very often. I mean, the most... The well, North Carolina had a congressional race... Ironically, a Republican who uh, was yeah, doing this. Yeah, had a congressional race where uh, that was... Was there was some evidence of something like that happened, and I think it's still in the courts and being uh, a criminal. But he's case. being prosecuted for right. it. So, what Republicans here have broadened that term to include this practice of um, of people picking up lots of ballots and delivering them. And they are often, we should say, Democratic candidates have used this in the yes. past, and groups with which could be considered sympathetic, perhaps, to the, to right. the Democratic cause. Right. And you know, people helping seniors, helping the disabled take their ballots and get them in. Well, and, and, and it's a little broader than that. It's, it's, you know, there was some discussion of, you know, if your neighbor doesn't have transportation right. or they have a job that they can't leave for an hour to get to the election office, if you have to take the bus to get to the election office because you don't have a reliable car, that sort of thing. And and so that was the discussion on, on the Democratic side. They talk about people, you mentioned dis, disabled, the people who are disabled, um, also uh, seniors. Um, there have always, there have been consistently questions over the years about, for example, seniors living in nursing homes and sure who assist them in filling out ballots if there is some assistance. But the issue here is, for example, Aletha Faust-Godot, Democratic senator from Wichita, said, you know, I have constituents for whom this is a, this is a service I provide for them. I will go and pick up their, their ballots in a sealed envelope and, and return them. Right to the election office, Representative Vic Miller, a Topeka Democrat, uh, he does that. Not only does he do that, he will deliver applications and 
for advanced ballots and help people and uh, and occasionally he says people will ask him questions as he's doing that as they're filling out the ballot and you know republicans really d- d- uh, don't like that idea their argument was a candidate can't just wander into a polling place and start helping people right, vote exactly in there. and and their argument was how is this different the other basic argument they made about this is um the more this process gets out of the hands of election officials, the more people you inject into it, the greater the likelihood that ballots will be lost or spoiled. They kind of like uh, the uh, a chain of custody. That's the phrase for it in uh, the criminal justice system, the chain of custody. But the, the argument is that that if you get too many hands touching ballots someone's gonna forget someone's gonna forget lose it it's gonna fall down you know in the back part of your cupboard somewhere you know stuff like that and and so that argument is out there there's also an interesting twist in that um some of the groups lobbying for these changes or at least supporting them uh, include they included kansans for life and the family policy alliance and of course what's coming up in august of 2022 but a vote on this uh, proposed anti-abortion amendment to the state constitution and their concern is the way they expressed it was lots of -of out-of-state groups coming in and and you know flooding the state with volunteers and 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 you know getting in the middle of our election um which uh, you can argue at both ways but the the another change here that we should note is that um non-partisan ostensibly non-partisan organizations that are not in kansas are, will right. be barred from mailing uh, applic- doing mailings that also include an application to sign up for an advance ballot. And this is an issue because during the last election, I mean, some people literally were getting a dozen of these from out-of-state groups with the with the the application for an advance ballot, and it confused people because some well, people and, had already requested one, and they're getting these, and they're confused as why to, am well, I getting I, why am I getting more than one? And and did I do it right the first time? Am I not going to get my ballot now? Oh, I guess I better. Which one do I send in? And then they send in another application, and then that's more work for the county clerks. Right, that's kind and, of the the reason why that's the the climate that prompted the interest in this. But in the lawsuit, they argue that this is basically an infringement on. Their free speech well, rights. and we should we should note there are actually two lawsuits. There's a state court oh, lawsuit, true, yes, which makes these claims about uh, First Amendment claims under the Kansas Constitution. Uh, under the Kansas Constitution, it's not the First Amendment; it's part of the Bill of Rights. Um, and then, like twelve hours later or so, we got another filing in federal court from out from, of from out of state groups right. arguing roughly the same thing. And, of course, they're filing in federal court because this goes across state lines for them. And those are First Amendment questions. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. The, the, the discussion amongst Republican legislators was, well, I know people who got more than one ballot, or, and, and they were confused what happened, and, and, and we kind of want to sort that out and prevent it. Um, what's interesting is that uh, Chris Kobach, the former Secretary of State, had the power 
and the office still does, have the power to prosecute uh, election fraud itself. And I think he filed 15 cases um, once he got that authority, and a lot of them were double voting cases. And in some of those cases, the double vo- the alleged double voting, the people who were charged argued that they weren't criminal, they were just confused. You know, there was a, a guy in western Kansas who had uh, property in Colorado and Kansas, and so he thought he could vote in Kansas, but also in local elections in Colorado. And no, there was you a, can't. There was, you, you have to pick one. There was um, an out-of-state college student, I think, yeah, as who, well. who, who, set, who argued that, uh, yes, she got an absentee ballot and filled it out, and then some thing else she and you know her mother mailed it in I think she said and then she realized that she had inadvertently voted twice and to be fair I mean as a reporter I'm sure you hear this a lot too from people like there is genuine confusion a lot of the times especially when it comes to advanced voting you know people are not always sure what to do and and right I mean the, the move at that point is to call your local election office and they can walk you through it but you know it it, it uh it is easy to see where something where you're getting a barrage of these out of state applications, and also in, in the bill, you can't like pre fill out stuff on the application right now. So you know, it, it you could see how the process would be confusing to people. But again, the, these groups at both the state and federal level are, are arguing it's it not only infringes on their free speech rights, it really cuts down on on they think the core of their mission and the core of democratic process. Yeah. That's going um, to be up for debate, obviously. Well, and, and 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 there's, you know, there especially with the uh, the third party collection and delivering of ballots, there's a real sense that that that's something Democrats and their allies do at least in Kansas far more than Republicans do it. And um, I remember a conversation with Blake Carpenter, who is the chairman of the House Elections Committee. Uh, uh, Derby Republican and 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 you know my my question was you're you're attacking these things in this legislation that Democrats do and and his comment was well you know it's good that you're acknowledging that Democrats do them um, I mean if Republicans are doing some of these things they're not talking about them um, and it's it's and apparently not- it doesn't bother them enough that they would that. They are passing legislation. That yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, this is um, um, this is an interesting nationally. Uh, it kind of underpins the philosophy of the uh, the two parties in the sense that um, Republicans, not exclusively, of course, but Republicans have tend to look look at uh, base politics get out the base. There are a lot of people in our base who aren't voting and we need to get them out. Trump brought a lot of new people in and we need to make sure that those people keep voting. Whereas Democrats had for a while tended to embrace the demography as destiny argument that the electorate was becoming um, more diverse and that would skew in their favor the the argument was 
quite hasn't quite played out that way. No, uh, not at least not, not in Kansas. Not no, not in Kansas, and and in some other places too, like Florida. There were some, you know, Florida is a good example because Democrats thought there was a real chance that Biden would carry that state, and they were really hopeful about it. But then when you got down and dug into the numbers. Um, actually, the voters they thought would swing back to Biden did not. They, you know, um, Hispanic voters are yeah. not a monolith, as it turns yeah. out. Yeah, well, and and no block of voters is actually a, is a total monolith. So, next steps. The aside from we wait for the court hearings to play out. Um, the federal lawsuit, I believe, asks for an injunction. The state lawsuit, I don't believe it actually explicitly does. Although that undoubtedly will come up yes for um, sure what what's what's interesting is that um you know the, the the these laws don't take effect i think until july 1st um the state there are municipal and school board elections this fall um so they kind of need to get it figured out before well uh, arguably but those tend to be low turnout elections and so, and you probably aren't going to have a ton of out-of-state groups mailing in right. advance and ballots so for the you know yeah, so, but, Shawnee County Commission race. <laughs> but of course, then you get into 2022. You've got a, a, a governor's race that is going to be fairly hotly contested. You've got this uh, anti-abortion amendment, uh, the so-called value them both uh, amendment, which is on on the ballot. So you'll have U.S. House races, and U.S. House races, new districts. Possibly, yes, new districts and new legislative districts. Um, so so the, the, these bills, I mean, we again should emphasize they're not as sweeping as what we've seen in other states. But I think it's safe to say this will be an interesting test case for other lawsuits in other states that are maybe targeting those more aggressive uh, laws. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it's, pretty clearly, it, it's pretty clear that um, wherever – Republican legislatures and governors um, tighten up election laws that they're going to be uh, they're going to be challenged in court. Uh, that's probably just a given everywhere. Well, if you want to stay up to date on all of the court proceedings or really anything related to Kansas government and politics, you can do that at cjonline.com. You can follow us on the Twitter at CJ Online, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can go like us there. John, where can they find you and your work? Um, it's uh, www.apnews.com backslash Kansas. That's usually where you can find my work, and I'm on Twitter at APJDHanna. With lots of great takes on prairie chickens, the state house meditation room. Yeah, you those, got you, you, yes. Your meditation room is back to being a hot issue, along with along with uh, prairie chickens. But prairie chickens in the meditation room are for uh, another day. I yeah, think. We, we we do a whole podcast. We maybe have a prairie chicken on the pot on the air, and we can you know actually. A I, I, my understanding is when they get going in their mating rituals, they can be quite loud. Oh, good. Chicken sex, just what children in the state has needed. Or I guess I should say gr- they're grouse? Are they grouse, like, yes, they're grouse. grouse. Yeah, and and the puns about uh, proposals taking wing and wings and uh, critics grousing and, and uh, you know, <laughs> things coming home to roost. 
They're, uh, all, they're, they're just all infinite. They're taking. They yeah. really are. If you want my less prairie chicken-centric Twitter, I'm at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Shocker. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We even put our podcast each week up on cjonline.com. So if you are already there reading our great written work, you can get the podcast as well. Well, John, this was another fine episode, I think. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Sure, sure. Glad to do it. And we will see you next week, same time same place yeah have a good one y'all thanks